0: Hello there! Welcome to the Christ Covenant Sermon Talkback. The Sermon Talkback is a chance for pastors and members of Christ Covenant to process the sermon, ask questions to the preacher, and more practically apply the content of the sermon. If you have a question for the Sermon Talkback, please text it to the Text to Pastor line at 678 951 9041, or you can ask through Twitter by tweeting to Jason directly. At Jason Edwin D's. Enjoy.
1: So I'm joined today by two of the greats. The greats. What a Christ up? covenant. Hello. Mr. Graham Thompson. Graham Hello. is our storyteller, so uh, I think we have some Bernstein Bears later on in oh gosh. the uh, All episode. All right. <laughs> and <laughs> And Jordan <laughs> Jordan uh well actually Jordan I was going to say you work with our children's ministry which is true I do do that but you do more than that now what else do you do
0: yeah I am also Lou Priolo's assistant so I get to help him with all the biblical counseling appointments and whatnot
1: so that's an interesting job children on one side counseling on the other side
0: it's a fun balancing she
1: can do it all guys (laughs) she can do it all well we're talking about yesterday's sermon we started a new little series it was it's just going to be a short series we're just covering one chapter of Bible text in two weeks. Looking at 1 Peter chapter 2, we're calling this series Christian Nation. Uh, we're really talking about what it means to be um, a good citizen uh, and, and, and ultimately how our understanding um, of who we are in Christ informs who we are as citizens. Um, so I'm excited about the series. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, just initial comments, thoughts about last night
2: well you made a point about the election coming up next year and how this is an important topic to think about and i think it's very forward thinking to start considering these things even a year before we really start seeing a lot of the debates and more of the um you know big things that happen in the election so uh, i think this is a helpful topic for us
1: any thoughts jordan
0: Yeah, um, I think a lot of people, it could have been the first time that they heard more of an explanation of Christianity versus the Western Christianity. Um, I know that's not something that I grew up really understanding the difference of. And so it's definitely newer to me. And I'm wondering, I don't know, just how how many people it was new to Mm -hmm. and if we can have more clarity on that so that we are able to... Yeah,
1: and, and I know that's kind of a nuanced thing and, and mm-hmm. I don't even know if those are like widely used terms. Mm-hmm. They're terms that I have used to just try to give a little bit of helpful context. So just to kind of reiterate what I was talking about last night, you know, there is such a thing as Christianity, right? I mean, we are Christians um, and what does it mean to be a Christian? It means to be a follower of Christ. It means to be someone who knows Jesus personally, personally, as Savior and Lord, who believes in the deity of Christ, who, who believes that Jesus really came to earth and died in our place and uh, has created, uh, as Blake talked about at the end of the service last night, uh, a means of our salvation by his blood. There was a costly uh, means of entry, if it, to, to quote what Blake was saying last night. Um, And that only through Jesus and only through faith in Jesus, not through our own morality or our own adherence to a certain code, but only through faith in Jesus uh, can we truly find peace with God and life in God and, and eternal life. And so that's Christianity, right? And then, and everything that goes along with that, the Christian life that then follows. Western Christianity is the system that Christianity built, okay, so... It's not entirely unrelated to Christianity, but it's the system of morals and ethics uh, that kind of flowed out of Christianity. And I would say that, that Western Christianity as a, as a system doesn't necessarily have to include saving faith or right, right. the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's the system of morality. The it's principles. the system mm-hmm. uh, of, of, yeah, it's principles, it's the morality. It's the understanding of uh, the way the world works right. that flows out of Christianity. Mm-hmm. And what I was saying last night is, is, if you look at our founding fathers, all of the founding fathers were members of Western Christianity. They were, you know, they were subscribers to that system, right? Uh, all of our founding fathers, if you just read any of their writings, they all believe in natural law, 18th century, natural law is everywhere most of them believe in providence and in providential care right and so this is getting a little bit closer to the point uh and that would be a dividing line i think between 18th century thinkers while all of them were at least deists right believing in a design and order that god had order that god had designed um Not all of them, but still most of them were theists. So, for example, I talked about a couple of our founding fathers last night. Uh, uh, Jefferson, Franklin, uh, they would not have been Christians. They wouldn't have called themselves Christians. Uh, But, for example, Jefferson had the Jefferson Bible. And so he liked a lot of the teaching of Jesus. He saw... It as wise and good and orderly. He just rejected the supernatural things in Scripture,
2: right? We'll explain the Jefferson Bible really quick. The the Jefferson
1: Jefferson. Bible is basically a Bible uh, that has a lot of the wisdom and teaching of the Bible. Uh, The Sermon on the Mount, for example, is still in the Jefferson Bible. But the account of Jesus turning water into wine is not in the Jefferson Bible. And so it's it's a it's a bible where basically Jefferson's gone through and he said look let's get rid of all the narrative that we don't need anyway. Right. What we really need and again he's getting at this is some sort of moral framework yeah. by which to live and even in the sermon on the mount which some people say is like an upside down morality but even Jefferson was wise enough to see the humility and compassion uh that existed in the sermon on the mount and saw those as good things. Now Beyond Jefferson and Franklin, though, Mm -hmm. you have people like George Washington and John Adams, who I would also say were not Christians, right? Uh, You know, Washington, for example, we don't know a ton about his faith. He was very private about his faith at best. He never took communion, okay, which is interesting. He never would participate in communion. That's been well noted. He never would show any signs of his faith publicly so the famous picture that my dad has in his office of washington praying at valley forge um it's a beautiful picture um but most scholars think you know that probably never happened you know and so anyway um you know and then uh um Uh, Adams, you know, rejected the deity of Christ, he rejected the Trinity, rejected the notion of the Holy Spirit, but both of these guys, so while they, I wouldn't say they were Christian, they were theists, and so both of them often, especially Washington, talks about the providence of God and the providential care of God, right? So they're beyond deists, which would believe that God just kind of set a world in motion, they are theists, which believes that there is a God that is actually engaged in our life. So Washington often talked about like having a cannonball, just barely miss him or something like that. And just saying it was God's providential care that, you know, kept him uh, alive uh, and that obviously created this union Mm -hmm. and even God's providence is seen um, in a lot of the kind of the founding documents. So anyway, hopefully that gives some clarity. So that, I'm categorizing all of that, this this deism, this theism, these ethics, these principles, this understanding of how the world works, minus the gospel, minus following Jesus Christ as Western Christianity. It becomes Christianity, obviously, when you become a faithful follower, an orthodox faithful follower of Jesus.
2: So what you're saying is at the origin of the United States, it was not a Christian nation.
1: That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying we're mislabeling that yeah. as a Christian nation. But the point I was trying to make last night is there actually is a Christian nation, right. mm-hmm. uh, and it's the Christian nation, obviously that we read about in scripture, the people of God, the mm-hmm. people that God has called to be his own possession, the holy people, the holy nation, the, the kingdom of priests that God has called for himself.
2: Yeah that's really good i think a lot of times uh, we think about the united states as having been a christian nation but because of all kinds of factors depending on where you sit on socio cultural whatever kind of views you have you you, you see this uh, move or change over time shifting away from being a christian nation which in fact jason you're saying based off of the founders uh, of the united states it actually was never a Christian nation and what we read in the Bible says that this is something completely different anyway so yeah, and, and, yeah. And,
1: and I'm not saying that the collapse of western Christianity is necessarily a good thing right yeah, yeah, so I may share some of the same concerns that people that say oh my gosh America is not the nation it used to be I may share some of those same concerns because I think western Christianity produces an understanding of the world that is closer to truth than secularism produces Um, but i think the clarifying point that i'm trying to make for people at least in the church is neither are ultimately christianity Uh, and as gospel believing people we should be concerned that it's not that people just follow judeo-christian values or have judeo-christian values we should be concerned that people know jesus christ the living son of god as their lord and as their savior
0: So you talked about how we have a new king and a new country and a new life. Can you tell us a little bit more just how it actually affects us as citizens and practical things that we can do, like Graham said, with the upcoming election?
1: Yeah. One of the things I said last night was that uh, a king, when a king comes, he he wants to take over. Right. And so has Jesus really taken over your life? Like, How do you know you're a part of this new nation is Jesus ruling in your life? Yeah, uh, I think that's one of the most helpful things that um, you know I've thought about is 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 how and I think you know there's there's several scholars that have kind of put me onto this, but how how is the kingdom of God both present? How is it both already and not yeah, yet? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's already in the way that Jesus is ruling now, and my desire as a Christian. Graham, your desire, Jordan, your desire as a Christian should be that Jesus would rule now mm-hmm. as he will in your life and in your heart, as he will one day over the whole cosmos. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about the complete reign of Christ, like, well, he, he should be ruling now completely over the life of his followers. And, and if that's true, as I said last night, that pulls you into this whole new country, a new idea of, a new uh, loyalty, a new sense of security. I'm not living in this world to get a lot out of this country. I'm living in this world as someone who is already a citizen of the greatest, most eternal country where I have an inheritance that's imperishable. And so now I could really just live to serve this country. Mm-hmm. And that's manifested, as I said in the end, in this new life where you know people aren't ruled by anger or bitterness or self-centeredness, but they're really living in a way of love for one another mm-hmm. uh, and in love for people that are outside. Uh, you know, I did say one thing that I, I wanted to clarify. Uh, I was giving an analogy last night about Rainer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said at one point, you know, Rainer was just a baby and he was growing up into be a human, I, I no means uh, uh, meant to suggest that I think Rainer when he was just a baby is less right. than human of or, you know, as a, you know, when he was obviously still in his mother's womb was less than human. I I believe that uh, the human zygote, for example, is fully human. Mm -hmm. And if Mm you think about it, you are never genetically more complex than you are when you're a zygote. You're just not mature. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what I was talking about really last night is human maturity. Rayner is growing up into maturity Mm -hmm. um, as he continues to eat And we grow up into maturity. It's just like being a Christian. Actually, it's a really good analogy. You don't grow into being a Christian. Mm -hmm. As soon as you trust Christ, as soon as you know Christ, as soon as you experience the new birth in Christ, you are never more or less of a Christian than you are at that point. But you grow in maturity, obviously, as you continue to feed on the word of God. So anyway, just to clarify Mm -hmm. that point.
2: Yeah, another uh, practical thought about being part of a Christ- a true Christian nation, a uh, group of people exalting and um, seeking in relationship, seeking relationship with Jesus Christ, with God. Um, I-, I thought it was interesting. You mentioned this at the beginning of this sermon or towards the middle about First um, Peter 2, 1 through 2 says, So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. Um, it goes on to say in three, if indeed you have tasted that, you, uh, that the Lord is good. And I was actually reflecting on your sermon this morning. Um, and kind of as a practical thought about being a part of the Christian nation is putting away sin habits. Mm-hmm. It lists five things up here. You know, you got malice, hypocrisy, slander, deceit, um, envy. And I think it is so common for us to just skim right past that. Mm -hmm. I think it's so easy to do that because we think to ourselves, oh, malice, deceit, envy. I haven't done that. Right. Or maybe yeah. I have done that, but it's been in the past. I mean, it's so easy to read right past that and get to like, oh, well, let's talk about the, the spiritual milk. That's an interesting thought. Mm-hmm. But honestly, like what hit me this morning was, uh, you know, these five things, and I'm sure many more, and part of what this passage is getting to is there probably are many more of these. But uh, these sin habits, are we're so often unaware of them.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that they're just... The reason that you're unaware of them is because you find too much of your identity in the kingdom of this world, right? Yeah, that's right. And so malice, envy, hypocrisy, Mm -hmm. slander, these are common things. Yeah. in the as americans right i mean every american is malicious every american is deceitful every american uh, you know shows it, some sort and of and it's
2: celebrated using different terms i think right yeah, yeah. we don't use these terms success could mm-hmm. be you know
1: it's yeah yeah i mean deceit might be being shrewd right right, right? right. or malice may be being competitive right. mm-hmm. or envy you know maybe you know not letting your opponents win or what you know whatever it is but yes i mean these things are so common to us as citizens of the world or if you will or citizens of a country in this world but you're right graham what what is this saying is it saying is that if if you truly are this holy nation the people of god's own possession then these things must not be true of you yeah right Uh, and malice should be not be named among us deceit hypocrisy envy all these things shouldn't be named among us right Um, that's the new life that's the new life that we've been called to that is evidence of the new country Um, you you ever meet somebody that grew up in a totally different cultural context uh, than you did so I mean this is the only thing that's coming to mind right now but yeah it's still in parts of the world in Asia uh, people in asia wipe with their left hand right mm-hmm. uh, uh and so like if you extend your left hand yeah, to somebody right. in america it's not common but it's not like offensive right you right. know but if you do that in a different part of the world yeah. it's incredibly Super offensive, offensive mm-hmm. right and that's something that you wouldn't recognize in America or see how you have your legs crossed right now, Graham. I'm sorry. In, in some parts of the world, well, actually, it's okay right now, but don't move your foot up any higher. Oh, the bottom if, of your, your in some parts of the world, If you show the bottom of your yeah, foot, yeah. it's like giving right. somebody the bird, right? Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, like in America, that's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. And so that was the point I was trying to make last night is, you know, people always say, well, that's not how I was raised. And that's not how I was raised <clears throat> because you're raised in a certain Culture, and this is even to the point of Western Christianity versus Christianity. Like there, there is a sense of this ethos that still exists even in non-Christian in yeah. cultures. Mm-hmm. The, the difference is, is that you don't have the power yeah. to live this out without the gospel. That's right. But a gospel empowered life will actually lead you to a place where you can not envy people, or you can live a life without hypocrisy. But obviously, that takes daily living being submitted to Christ and to his word yeah. like a newborn infant. Exactly.
2: Yeah. That's what I was thinking. I mean, it goes into the next, you know, two through three verses. Um, and uh, speaking on, you know, put away these sin habits, but then basically take on discipline. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and then just, you know, some excuses I hear so often are, you know, this is just who I am mm. and that's maybe sound a little ridiculous, but even if you haven't said it, like we definitely think it, you know, it's like, well, I'm just, you know, Pride, what is that? I'm just a very confident person, and right. I, you know, you might need to check yourself. You might yeah. need to have some people around you. Um, if anyone
1: is in Christ, he's a new creation, right? That's right. Which is why I don't like. I mean, this is like a total aside, but you know, there's kind of a new movement of you know somebody saying like, "Well, I'm a you know, I'm a gay Christian, or I'm right, this right. kind of Christian." You're two identities, you know, yeah, dual yeah, no, citizenship. Like, like yeah, you yeah you yeah. We don't have dual yeah, citizenship. Yeah, no, no, it, I don't, it don't work like be that. Be a citizen of Christ, like. You have to revoke all other mm-hmm. citizenships. There's yeah. no dual citizenship. We love Canadians, okay? But yeah, like, Canadian. hey, yeah. You know, yeah. But there's no dual no, citizenship no, that's right. in the Kingdom of Christ. That's a good word, yeah. and I think that's exactly uh, that's exactly kind of one of the, the yeah the points that we're trying to make here. Yeah. Um, one little thing that you know I was thinking about. Shannon asked earlier, just like some practical things. Actually, thinking about the election. Mm. Um, obviously, this should. Frame how we think about these things. Um, one of the things I think I'm going to put a link to this. I, I wrote this article um, a couple years ago during the 2016 election. Um, but the president of the United States is seven things. There's seven things in the job description, and he's the chief citizen or she. He or she is the chief of state which means the leader of the country. Mm-hmm. He or she is the chief diplomat, which she's our, he or she is our global representative. He or she is the commander-in-chief in mm-hmm. charge of keeping this in shape, in charge, of, uh, in charge of the military. The chief executive. Um, and this is important too. When you elect a president, right, you don't just hire one man or one woman. You hire like
2: 20,000 yeah. right.
1: people, like the whole executive branch. Right. Um, he or she is the chief legislator. Uh, Right. And obviously we have a Congress, but it's the president's agenda that really drives what the Congress is is doing. And then lastly, he or she is not the chief justice, but he or she has great influence over the chief justice. Right. Mm -hmm. They're appointing Supreme Court justices. So chief citizen, chief of state, chief diplomat, commander in chief, chief executive, chief legislature and chief justice. So as a Christian, what I would just say to you as you think about this election as a Christian, you need to ask yourself, okay, as a person that's been given this responsibility to enact my right to vote, uh, what, which candidate or which of these candidates will do the best job at those seven positions? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really practical. And um, that maybe gives us a tease, uh, Jordan Graham, for next week. Right. When we're going to talk a little bit more about... Uh, what does it mean to be under leadership? And then what does it mean to exert leadership uh, in this country? Any closing thoughts?
0: No, I mean, I think that it's just important for us as Christ's covenant, as the members of this Christian nation to understand where our role is, like you were saying, on knowing, knowing enough versus being too extreme when it comes to politics and everything. So that's, I hope to learn more about that even.
1: It's a good word. Well, for Cram and Jordan, I'm Jason Dees. Thanks for listening.